L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you back with us once again as we continue to wind down the off-season training camp, preseason, and regular season action just around the corner. We're less than a month away, really, from seeing the Hornets back on the hardwood once again. And this week, we've had a lot of news come out from the Hornets G League affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm. They have their 2021-2022 schedule freshly out. Encourage you to go check it out on the Greensboro Swarm social media pages as well as their website. And they have a new head coach, someone very familiar in the Hornets camp. It's Jordan Surencamp. He's the new head coach of the Greensboro Swarm formerly working in the video room, was actually the head video coordinator for the Hornets last season. We will talk to him shortly. But first, helping me break down some of these latest news and notes coming from the G League, we've got my producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, and Sam Purley of Hornets.com. And Rob, I'll start with you. Your first impression seeing Jordan Camp announced as the new head coach of the Greensboro Swarm. Very, very young. Makes me feel kind of old, even though he's still a little bit older than me in that sense. But that's kind of the trend that we've seen all over professional sports the past couple of years is these coaches just seem to get younger and younger. And I think that's a, an advantage, especially with a G League team, because in that sense, you're able to relate to your players a little bit more. I think the fact that head coach James Brago for the Hornets is a little bit on the younger side. He was mentored by you know a great coach like Greg Popovich, but he has that youth factor to him a little bit where he can kind of relate to his players a little bit more. So I think that's going to be a little bit of an underrated thing as well. And again, it's keeping everything internal. And JB talked about that when he got his contract extension about just keeping consistency in an organization. And I think that's just more evidence of that moving forward. Sam, this is a little bit of a different hire for Greensboro than the last couple of coaches who are actually in Greensboro. And first, let me say, we're very excited to have Greensboro be back in Greensboro this season. They're getting ready to celebrate their fifth anniversary season. A lot of celebrations going to be taking place in Greensboro. And and just after a year and a half now that has seen so much upheaval, this is another sign in a return to normal. But in terms of the normal prototype for a Greensboro coach, this is going in a slightly different direction. Previously, Noel Gillespie and Joe Wolf were the head coach in Greensboro. This is more in line with what happened last year in the bubble where Jay Hernandez came off the Hornets staff or, or sidestepped from the Hornets staff and was positioned in the bubble with Greensboro in that it's someone who's in the system in Head coach James Borrego's system as well knows really specifically what they want and are expecting and is trying to bring that to Greensboro rather than bringing in, say, an outsider. Yeah, and just on a personal note, couldn't be more thrilled for Jordan. You know, he came in here when James Borrego started in 2018, works really, really hard, really, really nice, really, really approachable, friendly 
talks, discuss, I mean, everything you could want. I mean, it's super, super thrill for him. I think it's an awesome hire. And yeah, it is a little bit different than uh, the Gillespie and Wolf hires. I think you brought in those guys too. They were at the time external candidates or external hires, I guess, um, had come from other NBA teams, did have some G League experience beforehand. But, you know, you're bringing in a guy that might not necessarily have the head coaching experience, but kind of makes up for that with the familiarity. He knows the players. He's like Rob said, he's he's close in age to a lot of the guys that are going to be there. That makes a difference. Knows the schemes, knows the terminology, knows everything that is being kind of run here in Charlotte. It's going to be the same in Greensboro. So when guys go back and forth, there's really not going to be any sort of drop off. So I think it's it's really a great hire. I think it's, you know, maybe a little bit outside the box, but coming out not having to play in the last, you know, 20 months, you got fifth anniversary and you got a new head coach that's young, kind of get people excited up in that area in Greensboro where basketball is a big time thing. I think it's, you know, awesome and uh, exciting times to be up there in Greensboro and Charlotte as well. Yeah, I think specifically in terms of what he's going to bring to his players is some really unique personal knowledge of what the coaches and staff here in Charlotte want and expect from their players. And that's invaluable. When you're in a minor league system and you're trying to work your way up into the big club or work your way up into that rotation, knowing exactly what the head coach is looking for, the the little intricacies can make all the difference because it's not always the guy that averages 25 points per game in the G League that ends up making the jump. The, The biggest example I can think of back to when I used to cover G League games was Alex Caruso, who was not a draft pick. He was not someone highly heralded when he went in to the Lakers system. Didn't necessarily put up huge numbers, but worked himself into a larger role and and developed into a role player and then at times a starting player for a Lakers team that eventually won a championship. And I think having that personal knowledge will definitely help. We're looking forward to talking to Jordan about you know what his personal expectations are as he takes over this role. I think it's a very exciting hire and it continues to build on the synergy between these two groups. It's the same overarching organization, of course, and they have the same overall goals. Continuing to have that synergy between the two rosters really should impact things favorably here in the Queen City. We also saw the schedule come out. It's always exciting whenever a schedule comes out. I'll lead this one up. I think the most exciting thing about the Swarm schedule is that there's kind of two all-star showcase windows, one of which is going to be used for a actual showcase cup, and the other one at the end of the season is going to be the playoffs. And and so there's multiple opportunities here in different ways for these players to get different kinds of experiences. And these are some new wrinkles to the schedule. They're not playing everyone, which is a little bit more in line with like a minor league baseball type feel. You play teams in your geographic region more often. You don't see teams on the other side of the country unless it's a championship type of experience. I like this. I think that this is another step forward for the G League in terms of scheduling and getting the most out of this subset of the league that you possibly can. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I am I personally like watching the G League games a lot. I think it's cool to see guys that are on the team go down there and play more. And, you know, it's it's not, you know, just because a guy goes down there and scores 45 or 50 points, it's not mean he's immediately ready to come back and score 45 or 50 points in the NBA level. But it's a lot about it's just getting reps. It's about getting exposure. You know, there's a difference between going down there and starting and playing 30 minutes and then getting five to 10 minutes of mop-up duty here in the NBA. I mean, it's just different the feels of the game so I think it can only help the guy and but a lot of it comes down to the player making buying into the process you know you might be you know whatever draft pick or have whatever accolades in college and there's a lot of guys Devontae Graham was a perfect example he was a big time all-american all big 12 
I think it was Big 12 Player of the Year and had to go down there his rookie year in the NBA and really had to kind of go through the process and obviously took off and had a you know great couple years here in Charlotte. But I think it's exciting. I like the little wrinkles. I like the experimentation with the Showcase Cup and then doing the sort of finals, I guess, and then getting into the more traditional, I guess they start 0-0 after that and then you play the 36 games after that. So kind of get those wrinkles out of your system or wrinkles out of the way the first couple months. And then once you kind of iron everything out, you have a clean slate. So I think it's exciting. If you like lots of scoring and you like a lot of fast basketball and a lot of shooting, the G League can be kind of an entertaining event to watch on nights when Hornets aren't playing. Rob, the other thing I think is cool about the Greensboro schedule and the G League schedule in general, you see a lot of back-to-backs against the same team. And that is something that has been implemented slightly in the NBA. But for the most part, you see a different team every night. I think it is important at the G League level in particular because you are looking for development and growth. How do players make adjustments game to game? And that's a little bit easier to do when you have a common opponent versus there's a new scouting report every night. Not to say that it's you know one-to-one because that is a difference from the G League to the NBA, but it does give you an opportunity to see that growth in the moment day-to-day, week-to-week. There are a few instances in the schedule this season where there are a couple of back-to-backs against different opponents, but I do like the fact that even though the G League plays 50 games, a lot of them are on back-to-back, so you kind of simulate that grind of an 82-game schedule that the NBA has. And we saw, of course, last season a ton of back-to-backs just because of the nature of a COVID-riddled season, but this season moving forward, you still do have a decent amount of back-to-backs here in Charlotte, so it's nice to see that the Greensboro team and the G League are just trying to simulate that a little bit as well to kind of hope that players get used to that grind. So yeah, that's something that I'm looking at. And just the fact that you're able to reset from break to break, it kind of gives you, like you said, that minor league baseball vibe a little bit. So, you know, if you don't play too well, or if you play too well in the first half of the season, then you go back to the second season, go back to the drawing board and try to reset from there. Opening night for the Greensboro Swarm will be Friday, November 5th against the Birmingham Squadron, the affiliate of the New Orleans Pelicans. It's actually night one of the back-to-back. They play Friday and Saturday, so a great opening weekend. For ticket information, you can, of course, go to GoSwarm.com. Tickets start as low as $5 per game when you get one of their membership plans, so definitely check it out, GoSwarm.com. Coming up next, we will talk to the new head coach of your Greensboro Swarm, the G League affiliate of your Charlotte Hornets, Jordan Surenkamp. He's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Welcome back to the Hornets Hivecast. Now, without further ado, the new head coach of the Greensboro Swarm, Jordan Cernkamp. How does that sound, new head coach of the Greensboro Swarm? Man, it's, it's exciting. Exciting. Uh, still new, still new, but I like the sound of it. I'm, I'm really, really excited. You're pretty well traveled in terms of your basketball journey, and we'll go through all of it. One thing you haven't been before is a head coach. What are your expectations for yourself taking on this role? Yeah, the expectations for me are high. You know, when I, I accepted the position, and you know, got to thank the the Hornets organization for that. First off, Mitch Kubtech, Buzz Peterson, Larry Jordan, Coach Borrego, the whole staff for the opportunity. I knew the expectations would be high, and, and I knew that because. 
coming in with Coach Borrego in year one. Up until now, you know, the emphasis has been on building a strong culture of sustained success and also the development side of it. And obviously being in Greensboro, uh, development's the key piece to that. So I knew the expectations would be high. And with that being said, I have high expectations of myself. Even being year one as a head coach and understanding what that entails, journey that I'm going to have to go through to uh, get comfortable in, in that position. It's something that I'm looking forward to. I've never turned down a challenge. I've never walked away from one. So it's one that I'm really, really excited about and ready to take on. You follow a trend of the Hornets kind of promoting from within, which I have to imagine gives a lot of young assistants a lot of hope that this is a good place that you want to be because they are going to give you opportunities. Jay Hernandez led the G League squad last year in the bubble. Dutch Gately with the Summer League team. Now you, how important is that from a staff perspective when you're trying to get guys to buy in and, you know, not for lack of a better term, just kind of jump all over the place looking for greener pastures everywhere, knowing that if I buy in, if I do my job, the opportunities are going to come find me and help the organization as a whole. Yeah, I think I think it's huge from an individual standpoint and where you want to be in your own individual career, but, you know, also from an organizational standpoint as well, coming in and being able to develop trust with the coaching staff and develop trust with the front office ultimately it leads to those types of opportunities. And, and I'm very grateful for Coach Borrego, the staff and, and everybody for, for instilling this trust in me and giving me this opportunity. Uh, but even on the other side of it, from an organizational standpoint, you know, being able to hire internally and find that type of trust and commitment from from younger staff members that are looking to move up the ranks, if you will, it leaves that transparency there, leaves a, a clear line of communication and understanding. I can obviously talk about that myself, you know, having a very clear understanding of Coach Brago and the organization's expectations from a cultural standpoint, from a value standpoint, from a development standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. All of those things are extremely important and you definitely get that with the internal hiring, but it's also, like you mentioned, it's, it's very motivating and it all comes from up top and, and the trust that they're willing to instill in promoting internally. Jordan Surencamp, new head coach of the Greensboro Swarm, our guest today. Let's go through your whole experience. You started off as a player at Wabash College, had a good career for a good team, but I want to focus on your major. You majored in rhetoric, which I had to look this up. The art of persuasive <laughs> speaking or writing, especially the use of figures of speech and other compositional techniques. How does a rhetoric major help you communicate better with today's NBA players? Yeah, so uh, I hope some of my professors back in the day are listening to this because this is a really good plug for that. But no, my my four years at Wabash were extremely important to me in my own kind of growth and development as a person. And Wabash being a, a top-tier liberal arts school kind of allows you the opportunity to find some of those funky majors that you, know, you may not necessarily get elsewhere, but it, it helps you become a well-rounded individual. It allows you to learn how to think critically and do all those types of things. So speak effectively. All, all of that was a part of my college experience there and something I was extremely grateful for. In terms of where it's, it's brought in me now, being able to relate and, and communicate effectively is one of the most important parts of coaching. You know, it doesn't matter what you know as a coach if you can't teach it, right? So just being able to have that kind of understanding of, of different ways to communicate, different styles of communication, no one person learns the, the same way. So just having an understanding of that and, and having kind of a, an arsenal of different ways to approach those types of conversations with players and, and coaches and, and staff members from different backgrounds and, and different experiences, different opportunities, I believe is a is a huge piece to having an advantage in the coaching world. You go from your playing career to South Alabama, where you were a grad assistant and eventually director of basketball operations. And then you made the jump to the pro ranks, to the G League. You worked as head video coordinator for the Long Island Nets. I know it's a different organization and a different role, but how valuable is G 
League experience for you now that you go back to that level? Uh, it's it's everything. And, you know, having that background and, and being through the ringer of it for one season was extremely important. And, you know, doing it with the Brooklyn Nets and the Long Island Nets at that time, you know, another first class organization in this league, they do things the right way. And they allowed me to develop even further kind of in that role. The head coach at the time was Ronald Norad, who was a, a former assistant here. So I, I've had a long relationship with Ron and he's really taken me under his wing and, and even in that year in the G League, giving me opportunities, giving me experiences, allowing me to expand my role there and kind of get a grip and understanding of, of what the league entails and, and the constant turnover of players and roster movement and, and just the different things that, that you're going to have to navigate. You know, and he did it with class and, and he's obviously went on and, and had a really successful coaching career to this point as well. So just being able to watch him do it and, and work with great assistants there at that time and, and be in the league and just around it and, and understanding that Coach Borrego talks a lot about resiliency. There's going to be a lot of resiliency necessary and, and needed to, you know, be able to, to navigate and, and maneuver the schedule that we're going to have. And, and obviously COVID is making everything a little bit more interesting as well. So that one year in the G League was critical to me. And it's funny because... You know, doing it, I was really excited about, you know, getting into professional basketball. But now looking back on it, it's like I wish I, I would have known then, you know, what, what I know now just from those experiences and, and just having that kind of experience in that even one year was was huge for me. You go from there to basically the last three years working in the video room as a video coordinator for the Hornets. You probably know better than anyone what clips JB wants, what clips all the assistants want, what they want all the players watching. How important is that for you to be able to communicate the right things to your players in terms of what they need to move up to the Hornets again? And also for you now as a head coach, you know maybe better than JB what JB wants to look at. How does that help you know what you should be looking at as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest part of being in the video room and, and the role that even the last couple years is my experience of being just in every coach's meeting. And I, it's, it seems very minute and very simple, but just being able to sit around and, and we're extremely lucky here in Charlotte to have the coaching staff that we do, the experiences, the history, the knowledge from, you know, traditional methods and styles of how the NBA has kind of always been to individuals who think outside the box and, and have some atypical thoughts and experiences as well is is all been extremely helpful for me even just running the film in there you know coach Borrego allowing me to you know occasionally voice my opinion as well was something that I found extremely important but really just soaking it all in was great from the video side of it understanding what the coaches are looking for and what the expectation is for for certain film sessions and, and certain things with certain players you know ultimately does prepare me in a way for this so hearing their thoughts on player development for so and so or you know we need to look at this the next time we play a certain team you know those types of little nuances within the everyday meetings and the conversations that that we had really is, is preparing me and things that I'm I'm writing down. You know, I'm sitting in the corner taking notes on almost everything everybody is saying, and you know those types of things. Again, at the time, you know, it, it seemed great, and I was writing them down. But even now, in my position, being able to go back and kind of review those types of things and and look at the way that Coach Borrego thinks and look at the way that the, the assistants think about player development and practice plans and scouting and in game adjustments and all of those types of things that I've just had the opportunity to be around for the last three or four years is is huge. And it's it's one of the most important pieces to, I think, helping me in this next step. Well, we've reviewed everything in terms of your journey to now. Next segment, we're going to talk about your next step, taking over this Greensboro Swarm roster, some of the players we can expect to see. We'll touch on that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. 
For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Jordan Surencamp, head coach of the Greensboro Swarm, here with us on today's edition of the HHC. And Jordan, you're going to take over a Greensboro roster that, for the most part, is still to be determined. There's going to be a G League draft. There's going to be Exhibit 10 contracts. So a lot of who you will coach is, to this point, unknown. But in terms of the players we do know, Arnoldus Kulboka, Scotty Lewis, two two-way players. I'm sure you have an inkling. If you want to break any news, you feel free to do it. But what could we expect in terms of of the roster we'll see up in Greensboro. Yeah, so, you know, the two-way guys that we mentioned are, are definitely a piece to that. You know, I'm going to leave the, the decision-making to the powers that be. Buzz Peterson, Larry Jordan, Mitch, Coach Borrego, and the coaching staff. So if you're, if you're hoping to get some breaking news from me, you're, you're not going to get that. I apologize. But, you know, regardless of, of who's down there, I think the emphasis is going to be the development of them, not just on the court, but off. That's something that I take a lot of pride in, having the players, having the coaching staff in the community and Greensboro and helping them, like I mentioned, um, develop off the court just as much as on the court. And, you know, whoever is down there, there's going to be an expectation to play the right style of basketball, to play the style of basketball that we're playing here in Charlotte and and that Coach Borrego wants. And in terms of individuals and what their opportunities may be moving forward, whether it's here in Charlotte with another NBA team or even overseas or internationally, those decisions will obviously be made as we get closer to the season. And, you know, I'm able to sit down with Coach Borrego, with the front office and, and talk through kind of what the expectations are going to be for each of those individuals again whoever that that might be and it's kind of the exciting part of it right like you still don't really know and so there's a little bit of stuff that's up in the air when it comes to that but at the end of the day coaching is about developing relationships and building trust with players and that's something that I feel pretty confident that myself and the coaching staff is going to be able to do pretty quickly so you know whether they're they're here already in Charlotte or, or they're still to be named and determined you know that's going to be the most important part is once we hit the ground running is developing a culture of respect a culture of trust of hard work and playing basketball the right way, the, the way that the Charlotte Hornets play and the way that, you know, it's led to the upward success and rise that we've had here the last couple of years. And, you know, I hope I, I can translate that to Greensboro as well. And we're able to find some similarities there and, and a lot of familiarity from the player standpoint and, and play a fun style of basketball. In terms of the immediate goals for this season, I'm sure you and everyone who goes to Greensboro wants to win. But how much of a focal point is it? Because sometimes, not just in basketball, but minor leagues across all sports, sometimes it seems that development and winning are in contrast. Like in baseball, if you want player X to get used to hitting against left-handed pitchers and he was lousy at it, well, he might not have a very good year, but the point is for him by the time he's done in that minor league level to be better at that one aspect. So you're sacrificing winning for the further development. How important, though, is winning, winning habits, winning mindsets in parallel, not just in contrast, but in parallel to the development you want to take place? Well, I I think you said it. There's a lot of parallels there that we want to develop players here in the way that Coach Borrego and the staff and and the whole organization has emphasized the development of young players that we've seen over the past couple of years is those championship habits, right? Uh, Doing things the right way, playing basketball the right way, sharing the ball creating something for a teammate, being a good teammate, competing on both ends of the floor. Those types of things are, are crucial in a, in a development standpoint. And, you know, I think there's two types of development when, when you look at it. There's the individual growth and development from a skill set that, that players have, but there's also a development from an understanding of the game of basketball and how to play it the right way. And I think Coach Borrego and the staff here does a really, really good job of implementing both of those things into one another. 
Uh, and that's something that I plan on doing as well. So you brought up obviously the end game reps and the things like that. Those are going to be natural. And those will obviously be conversations that, that I have with the coaching staff here in the front office in terms of making sure that, you know, certain individuals are, are getting certain opportunities for the development of them to be able to make an impact in Charlotte one day. The competitive side of me doesn't want to admit it, you know, because I'm going to go into every game and we're going to go into every game with the expectation to win. But with that being said, I do think on top of individual growth and development, if you play the right way and you compete for an entire game on both ends of the floor, the score usually tends to take care of itself anyway. So It's going to be a fun journey. I'm excited for you and all the fans in Greensboro. Go to GoSwarm.com for all of the ticket information. And uh, Jordan, we're wishing you the best of luck. Looking forward to seeing you back here in Charlotte a bunch with a great squad, hopefully one that can raise a banner in Greensboro and help the Hornets do the same down the road as well. Yeah, certainly excited. You know, it's been 20 plus months since we've had basketball in Greensboro and they have an unbelievable basketball history and culture there anyway. So it's going to be really excited to get fans back in the field house and hopefully we're going to play a really exciting style of basketball that's going to want to keep people coming back and, and enjoying their time there. We can't wait. Best of luck in Greensboro and thanks for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. One more reminder, go to GoSwarm.com for all the ticket information for the Greensboro Swarm. And of course, highly encourage you to buy your Hornets tickets as well as opening night for the regular season a month away at Spectrum Center. Till next time, for Rob Longo, Sam Purley, and Jordan Surencamp, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.